Hello, ladies. My name is Lindsay Crosby. I am a part of the Virtue Women's Ministry at Harvest Riverside Campus. I'm a foster parent here in our local area, and I would like to share with you today a little about my family's experience as a foster family, give you an overview of what foster care is, if you're not familiar, some common myths or misconceptions, what I believe the Bible has to say about caring for vulnerable children, as well as some resources and various ways to get involved, whether that's fostering yourself or supporting those who are. As I mentioned before, my name is Lindsay. I am married to my husband, Aaron. We are about to celebrate our 14th wedding anniversary this August. We have three children. Two are biological, they're nine and 11. And our youngest who joined our family through foster care is four. I would say looking back, our journey to become foster parents started when we were dating. At some point when the relationship became more serious and we got to those conversation topics of getting married and starting a family, I mentioned that I would consider the idea of adoption as well. And Aaron agreed that he would also be open to the idea in the future, but that was pretty much the extent of that conversation and we forgot about it after that. Fast forward several years, we were married, owned a house, had two healthy, beautiful children, and were both involved in serving with small groups here at Harvest. As we attended one of the annual marriage conferences Harvest was having on campus, God began to stir up that conversation we had had years before. Neither of us can remember what the message was even about that day or what exactly it was that stirred our hearts. But as the conference ended and the pastors and their wives said they would be available for prayers afterwards, I turned to Aaron and said, I think God wants to use our family in a different way. I think we need to find out more about adoption. He told me that God had been giving him the same message recently, and so we stepped forward to talk with Pastor Vince Bueno and his wife Kim. We knew they were foster and adoptive parents, so we told them what was on our hearts and asked if they would pray with us about it. I'm so grateful for their prayers that day, as well as the information and wisdom they shared with us that helped us get started on our journey. We had no clue what exactly God had in mind for us at that point, but we knew that obedience to Him meant taking that first step to ask questions, research, and pray for direction. Honestly, when we started looking into it after that marriage conference, we really didn't know the first thing about adoption or foster care. As we started to read and research, we learned that there are over 400,000 children in foster care in the United States. And California is the state with the highest number of children in foster care, somewhere between 45 and 60,000 at any given time. Nearly 100 times every day across our state, a child is placed into foster care. In Acts chapter 1, when Jesus was about to ascend back into heaven, he instructed his disciples to be his witnesses, he said, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he said they were to be his witnesses starting in Jerusalem, that was where they already were. And we concluded that we did not need to go across the world or even across the country to be his witnesses to children in need. There were literally hundreds of them in our very own community. Our next questions then were things like, well, what exactly is foster care? What does being a foster parent look like? What are the qualifications and how do you even get started? We reached out to a local foster family agency. 
These are private agencies who train and license foster parents and connect them with the County Department of Social Services. We contacted an agency called Bethany Christian Services. Soon after, we attended one of their orientation meetings to learn more. During that orientation, we learned that the role of foster parents, also sometimes called resource parents, is to provide a home and support for children who cannot live with their biological family due to reasons of neglect, abuse, incarceration, or other unsafe situations. The foster parents work with the agency as well as social services staff with the goal of reuniting the child with their family once those conditions are resolved. Some children stay in care for as little as a few weeks, while others may need care for many years. Children range in age from 17 down to newborn infants taken into care directly from the hospital. There are also often groups of siblings looking for a foster home where they can be placed together. After that initial orientation, we decided to continue moving forward with the process, which included several more classes and training sessions, getting fingerprinted, background checked, completing lots and lots of paperwork, and finally having our home inspected. Once all the necessary steps were completed, our agency let us know that they would be submitting our license to the county office for approval. Our agency, Bethany, works with both Riverside and San Bernardino counties, so our license would be submitted to both simultaneously. In all, it took us about a year to complete everything, but it really depended on us and our ability to complete the requirements and our schedule. I know of other families who are able to complete it in as little as a few months if they had more time to commit to it. However, once our license was submitted for approval from the county, all we had to do was sit back and wait. Part of the home inspection process involves showing the social worker that you have everything ready to care for a child before they will even approve your license. That's because once you're approved and get a phone call that they have a child in need of a foster home, it can literally be a matter of a few hours before they're brought to your home. So after about 90 days of living with that empty room and wondering when we were going to hear an update, I got an email one afternoon from our agency letting us know that we had finally been approved and we were now on the list of available foster families ready to accept a placement. The very next day, not even 24 hours later, we received our first phone call. My hands were shaking and my heart was racing as I answered that phone call. The agency social worker on the other end said that she was calling about placement for a two-month-old baby boy. During the first initial call, it's very common for social workers to have just a few pieces of information. Foster parents can ask whatever questions they may have and request time to make other phone calls or think about it, but as I mentioned, these placements can happen very quickly and oftentimes without a lot of detail. We found out our baby boy was being moved from another foster home to ours, so we actually had several days' notice before he was brought to our home. We first got to meet our little guy in May of 2019 when he was brought to our home by two county social workers. The next few days and weeks after that were a complete whirlwind as we tried to settle into a routine of being back in newborn baby stage while also having a stream of social workers stopping by and calling doctor's appointments and bringing baby boy to visit his parents. I mentioned earlier that children are removed from their biological families for a variety of reasons, and while foster parents are caring for the children, their parents are given what is called a case plan. It's a list of requirements to be met in order to reunify with them. 
During that time, one of the primary jobs of a foster parent is to help facilitate visits between the children in their care and their parents. These visits are court-ordered by a judge, organized and scheduled by the child social worker, and carried out by the parents and foster parents. These visits are important not just for the case plan, but also to help maintain the bond between children and their parents while they're separated. During the process of getting licensed, we had lots of training when it came to visits. We knew that it could be required of us not only to transport the child to and from the visit location, but that we could, in some cases, be required to stay and supervise them also. This is something that varies greatly between states and even counties, but it's common in California and was required of us in the case of our baby boy. I'll be honest with you, driving to and supervising those visits, especially in those first few weeks and months, was probably the most nerve-wracking and anxiety-inducing times I've ever been in. I prayed the most desperate, humble, fervent prayers during those drives. At first, my prayers were mostly pleading for God to help the knots in my stomach, to help the visits not be so awkward or uncomfortable. They definitely were. To help them go by quickly, and also to help calm the screaming baby in the back seat. He hated being in the car. But as the months went on, God began to work in my heart, and I noticed that my prayers began to change. From the perspective of the foster parent who's dedicating so much time and energy to taking care of children, it's easy to think things like, how could these parents let this happen? Don't they love their kids enough? Why can't they just get it together? When we see the cycles of addiction, abuse, mental illness, and trauma that have ripped families apart, it can be easy to fall into the trap of looking at other people as the enemy, and it truly can feel like that. But the Bible tells us that we do have an enemy, and it's not each other. Our only enemy is Satan and the sin that he has brought into the world. The people we see in front of us are made in the image of God, but often stuck living in cycles of sin, just as Satan wants them to. Through these visits, the Lord began to open my eyes to these things and help me to see a bit more from His perspective. I began to pray for God to open the lines of communication between us and our boys' parents. I prayed that they wouldn't feel as awkward or uncomfortable around me, and that they would be able to bond with their baby and be successful in their case plan. In general, uh, parents are usually given about a one- to two-year timeline in order to complete their case plan and be reunited with their children. Well, 10 months after baby boy was placed with us was March of 2020, and you all know what happened there. In the case of foster care, all court hearings were postponed, in-person visits became Zoom calls, and everything else was pretty much up in the air. To make a long story short, that timeline for our boy's case became two and a half to three years. Every few months when it comes time for a court hearing to happen and decisions to be made, it can be a roller coaster of emotions, wondering what if. What if the judge decides to continue the case and give an extension of more time? What if the judge rules they will be leaving our home and going back with their parents? What if the judge decides it is not safe for them to go home and they will go to live with another family member or need to be adopted? As I mentioned before, the goal of foster care is to support kids and their families so that they can be reunited. While they're taking care of the children, foster parents need to be focused on that goal as well. But of course, we're human. And as a parent, how could you not fall in love with and get attached to a baby or a child you're caring for for months, even years? Of course you do, and in fact, you should. 
Kids need more than just a roof over their heads and food on the table. They need a family, love, and healthy attachments. As a Christian foster parent, this also drove us to our knees in prayer. I admit that at first it was hard to hope for our boys' parents to do well. It was hard to hear that the judge was giving them more time or more hours a week for visitation. It was very scary to wonder what it would be like if he left our family. This is yet another area where God, who is so faithful and patient with us, began to change our perspective. Back in chapter 1 of Genesis, God created the first family, Adam, Eve, and their children. God loves families, and he intends for them to be together. Yes, sin and Satan have marred God's perfect plan and wreaked so much havoc in families since the beginning. But Jesus came to redeem and restore that which sin has destroyed. As Jesus' followers who have been redeemed ourselves, we want to be a part of that restoration process. So we lived in the tension of loving and caring for our baby boy while also hoping and praying that he would be able to be with his biological parents and family. Unfortunately, as is the case in about 25% of foster care cases, children are not reunified with their parents and are instead placed for adoption. And this was eventually the case for our baby boy after three years of being in our care. Once the judge ordered a plan of adoption, it was an additional year of more paperwork, meeting with social workers, and attending court hearings until just last week, July of 2023, our boy joined our family forever through adoption. Although these last four years have been, without a doubt, some of the most awkward, uncomfortable, stressful, and nerve-wracking in our lives, I can say confidently that God was with us every step of the way, and that I know Him in a way I never could have imagined. He has given me so many opportunities to step out in faith and trust Him like I never had before. In Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 35, Jesus speaking says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. All throughout the scripture, the Lord commands us to care for the weak, the vulnerable, the outcast, widows, orphans, and the poor. Friend, God's will for you is not to be happy or comfortable. The American dream is not God's dream. Being a part of God's kingdom requires us to step into the hard and broken places and come alongside those who are hurting or in need. Jesus was our perfect example of this. Every blessing and good thing that we have received comes from our Heavenly Father, and it's meant to be used as a blessing and a witness of God's love to those around us. I mentioned before that I have two biological children as well. They were five and seven when our license was approved, so it's been a big part of their lives. They have been with me as we went to visits, county offices, and meetings with social workers. As I was preparing what to share, I asked them what they would have to say about foster care if they were here uh, to share with you. And they said, it's hard. It's really, really hard. But it's important, and it's worth it. 
So as I wrap up my time, I wanted to share a few ways、um, to be involved, ways to help, and some resources if you would like to learn more. A few ways to be involved, especially here at Harvest, are things like the backpack drive or the winter Christmas event. That Harvest has partnered with the county to put together these events for children in need and especially foster children. So during going back to school, they're doing the backpack drive, collecting supplies、um, to distribute them, and during Christmas time, helping to volunteer for the Christmas event that they put on. That's free、um, for the community and for these children in foster care. Another way is to read a book or follow a foster parent or former foster youth online, listening to podcasts、uh, about foster care, and I'll、uh, list a few of those for you. Some great websites to check out are fosterthefamily.org. They also have a book and are on Instagram by the same name.、Uh, another great organization is the Forgotten Initiative. Their website is theforgotteninitiative.org, and they have a great podcast as well.、Uh, the Archibald Project. It's thearchibaldproject.com. They're also on Instagram and have a podcast called Around the World with the Archibald Podcast.、Uh, and finally, another organization called America's Kids Belong.、And、their website is americaskidsbelong.org. And one more book、uh, is called Fostered by Tori Hope Peterson, and she is a former foster youth. Some additional ways、um, to get involved would be to help support and come alongside a foster family that you may know. Some important things to help them could be providing babysitting, and this could be occasional babysitting while、um, they may need to run errands or go out for a date night, or like was the case with our family. I sometimes needed babysitting for my biological children so that I could. Take our foster child to visits or appointments that I couldn't bring the other kids to. Also, think of similar things to when a family has a newborn baby.、It、could be things like、um, bringing them dinner,、um, asking if there's any items that they need for the child, helping immediately after a new placement. Another way to get involved would be to become a licensed respite provider. That is somebody who provides more than just occasional babysitting, but you're actually licensed,、um, similar to a foster parent, but just with the goal of、uh, providing babysitting for foster families, so that if they need, you know, a weekend away, a date night, or sometimes can be the case if they. Need to be away on a trip, and the foster child is not able to go with them. Another way is to become what's called a casa. That's a court-appointed special advocate. This is a volunteer, and you're trained, and you spend time with the children, with the goal of helping to advocate and provide recommendations to the court based on the best interest of the children they serve. It's kind of like a mentor. And finally. Um, you could become a foster parent yourself. Some of the websites that I have recommended have lots of helpful links and resources for how to take the next steps. But also, you could just do an online search for、uh, foster family agencies in your local area. As I close, would you pray with me, Lord? I just thank you、um, for this opportunity to share our family's experience and our testimony. 
I thank you for all of the ways that you have shown yourself uh, so faithful to us. And I just pray that you would be with those listening and that they would just step out in obedience, get involved to be your hands and feet in whatever way that you have called them, uh, that they would just share your love and your gospel and be a witness uh, to those around them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.